Hey, praise the Lord. Today, I'm going to follow on from Pastor Matt's message last week about change. And I just believe this morning I was praying, and I believe there's people here this morning that want change. You want change in your life. You're not happy with where you are. If you're a Christian this morning, I just believe the Lord's saying there are people here that have been in Christianity who've fallen into just um, habits and, and things in it. They don't, they don't like it, but it seems like they're caught in a rut and they need change. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I don't even like my life. I get bored all the time. I just feel like, what's, what's, what am I here for? What's the existence? And I just believe that this morning, you need a massive change. And if you can get to know Jesus, that change will be amazing. It's amazing for most of us here that have received Jesus, who have just had a, had a transformation from a dead, lifeless life to an abundant life where Christ has come into our lives and he has just given us this amazing joy and peace. And if you don't know Christ and you're on this side and you need change and you need, you need Jesus, he's the, he's the changer of lives. He's like a change agent. He's like an FBI agent, but not an FBI. He's not in secret. He's pretty upfront. He says, you want to change your life? You want abundant life? Call on me and I'll give it to you. And so this morning, um, we're going to do that we're going to believe that uh, God this morning, he wants to change your lifestyle. He wants to change the way you think. He wants to change any bad habits. And he wants to change attitudes. And do you know, he loves change. Even though he himself does not change, everyone around him has to change. Because <laughs> God can't change, right? Because he's perfect. He doesn't need to change. You need to change. And so what God does he applies things in your life to change you and to transform you. And you might say, I, might not, I, don't, want, I don't like transformation. I don't want to be changed. Yes, you do. You don't know it, but you do. The very things that God wants to change in your life are the very things that have kept you down and given you anxiety and given you depression and given you all these things. They're the things that God wants to change. The way you think, your, your attitude towards things, He wants to change those things. And this morning, I'm going to give you a great key on how to do that. Now, in 1989 um, or 88, after I got saved at Petersham AOG, what they used to do is they used to give you this little booklet and it says, your decision to follow Jesus. And so it had a bunch of questions, right? Really simple foundational stuff. You know, Jesus died on the cross and then you had to fill in the gap, right? So they give you scripture and they have the scripture and there was like a little gap missing on the sentence of the scripture. So you had to, smart, eh? Got to get the Bible Look up the verse of Scripture. I was so excited to get into the Bible. It says, for God so, beep, da, 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 right? And so you had to look up the word and go, love. And so it made you read your Bible, and it was good, right? I loved it. Right at the back, it gave you this, this, this cutout, about 12 Scriptures, that you should memorize and learn and used to cut the little things out and take it with you to work or something, right? So every day at work, you would cut one of these things out and you'd put it in there, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life, 
right? That's the first one. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. And the wrath of God remains upon him. Ooh. 1 John 5, 11, 12. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 1. So they gave you all these scriptures. It gave me a great love for the Word of God. And I, and I just, I loved memorizing scriptures. So I thought to myself, how many scriptures can I memorize in one year? Guess how many? I got to 108. Yes, impressive, isn't it? 108. One day, you think, what's this got to do with change? It's got a lot to do with change. I, I memorized this scripture, Proverbs. I better, I've forgotten what the scripture is now. Proverbs 15. No, no I forgot what the, the 15 1. A gentle answer. Soothes wrath, but a harsh answer stirs it up. I, I did from the uh, old King James, but that's the new NIV. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I memorized that, right? One day, I'm driving along in my car. I cut this guy off. I didn't even see him, right? And I almost had an accident. And the guy chased me. And so... I'm driving down the road and he's chasing me and I can see through my mirror, he's not happy. He's doing this. And you know what, you know what the words are that are coming out of his mouth? They know, I love you, man. You are the best driver on this side of the Sydney. He's going off his head, right? He's, he's like, he would not get, he's right behind me. And I'm trying to move. I'm thinking, like, this guy's getting me angry, man, so bad. Now I'm, just, I'm saying, stop this guy, right? So I pull up. He pulls up. He gets out of the car. And as he's walking to me car, guess what? I get this verse. I get this verse. A gentle answer soothes wrath, but a harsh one stirs it up. I'm thinking, that was weird. I put down my window. He comes to the car. And I go, mate, so sorry. I, I just didn't see you. I, I just, I don't know what happened. I think I just had a mental block or something. And I just came out so sorry. He looks at me and goes, okay, see ya. I thought, oh, man, I was going to get my head punched in. You've seen these guys with their road rage. Sydney's got the, oh, I better not say that on, on video, but I'll say it. Sydney's got the worst road rage in the world. You cannot do anything without somebody wanting to punch your lights out. He was going to punch. I've seen, hey, I've seen a guy punch right through a windscreen. Not a windscreen, the side mirror. Punch through it, smash it, and hit the guy. He was so angry. I had a change right there. The Word of God changed me. Right there, on that minute, as the guy was coming forward to punch my lights out, or I was going to punch him out because I know Kung Fu. I was, I was going to get out of the car because everything in me was really angry, right? Because he was angry. I was getting angry. And then I was going to get out of the car and we were going to have a fisticuffs, right? I might have knocked him out. He might have foiled to the ground, hurt his head. What do you mean, sure? <laughs> he, might have, you know, he might have fallen to the ground and then, you know, had a brain bleed or something. And I could have been in jail for 20 years if he passed away. But God's so good. Gentle answer, Louis, serves wrath. You try it at home. 
when your wife or your husband's going off their heads. Really? I'm freaking doing all that for. Louis, you okay? Yeah, I am now. Do you know what? That's the word of God. There's the change that you need, right, is in the word of God. The change that you want in your life is in the word of God. It's, it's this principle, right? I'm going to go through a story in a minute. But there's a principle of sowing and reaping. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. And heaps of religions have it, right? I reckon they stole it from Christianity because we had it first. You know, bad karma, good karma, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's in the word of God, man. Claim it as your own. But listen to this. Um, there's a moment in Israel's life as they journey through from Egypt to the promised land. Most of us know the story. They went astray 40 years in the desert. God supplied manna every morning for these guys for 40 years. Tasted a little bit like honey. Really nice, right? So every day, every morning, in their wandering, they would get up in the morning and God told them how, many, how much manna to get. So they'd get out with their little buckets and there they were like little waffles on the ground. Imagine that, Denise. You didn't have to cook it. No breakfast. No young kids going, man. What's for breakfast, Steph? You'll have that soon. And they would just get out and they would pick up this manna. All just enough for you, Ron, and for your family, right? You just pick it up. You go to your tent and then you munch out. Gay and Chris is on the other tent. They've just got a smaller amount because it's only a couple. But you've got a family of five. So, you know, you put a bit more in there. And, and the Bible says you weren't allowed to leave it overnight or to Maggots are growing it. So it's right that moment. Fresh bread, fresh manna, straight from heaven, right? And so 40 years, they're having all this every morning. God supplied everything. And then now, listen to this. As Joshua is about to take them over to the promised land, they've crossed over the Jordan. On the evening, this is Joshua 5, 10 to 12. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. Celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land, there was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Finished. No more manna. It just stopped because all of a sudden, now they're into the promised land and now God's trying to teach them sowing and reaping. They've never sowed, right? They've been in they've been 40 years. There were probably generations probably didn't even know how to sow. It's a desert, right? You can't even grow anything. All of a sudden, they come into the promised land and God says to him, now I'm going to teach you sowing and reaping. I'm going to teach you how to plant. I'm going to teach you how to find what's going, what, what, the, what the soil's like and what you need to do and grow your own food and reap a harvest from that day. And they went into the promised land. Can I tell you right now that I believe this morning people are looking for manna. 
They're looking for God or something to change your behavior, to change your attitude. To change. You're looking to God, right? And I believe, just like the Israelites, he wants you to live a higher dimension of living, higher than what you think. Because sometimes, here in this place, we can ask for God, oh, come on, God, change me, do this, God, please. That's manner. Because they didn't have to do anything. They wanted that God supplied their manner. In Christianity, right, what God is trying to teach us is the same principle, sowing and reaping. You can't just keep, because the Bible tells me that God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. And now think about this. The Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. Who's the bread of life? Where did he come from? Where did the manna come from? All of a sudden, the true bread of life has come down to earth. And now you know your Bible. Listen to this and you'll be amazed at how God now all of a sudden is trying to say something to us as believers on how to live and how to change and how to be godly and how to approach, appropriate the Word of God. When Jesus came, John 6.35 says this, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He comes, and just like the Israelites, here comes Jesus. The disciples are hanging around with Jesus, right? Every morning, guess what? Jesus feeds them. Jesus speaks to them. Jesus heals them. Jesus pays their taxes. Jesus feeds them. Jesus stops the wind. He protects them. Everything that they needed, the disciples, Jesus met them, right? And even when the, the Bible, Bible says that any miracle that they wanted, they just came to Jesus. They say, Jesus, my mother-in-law is sick. Can you go and heal him? And Jesus would go, right? And so here's the same picture as we have in the Old Testament. Now the true bread of life, he's come to earth and they're sustenance and they, they're just receiving from Jesus the bread of life. They're listening, they're watching, There's the miracles. They didn't have to do anything, the disciples. Nothing. Jesus did it all. And they're just watching and observing. But Jesus is starting to teach them He's starting to equip them. He's starting to give them an understanding that soon I'm going. Soon I'm going, right? See the parallels now. All of a sudden, Jesus is going to go up into heaven. And Jesus wants to teach his disciples the principle of spiritual sowing and reaping. He taught them in the Old Testament Physical sowing of the seed and reaping. And now Jesus is teaching us, all of a sudden, he shoots up to heaven and he says, wait until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will come and he will live inside you and he will teach you the Word of God. He will give you understanding of the Word of God. He will apply the Word of God. Here you will reap, you will sow to the Spirit. From the Spirit you will receive eternal life. Those that don't know it. 
Get into your word, man. What are you going to receive when you sow to the spirit? Eternal life. What do you receive when you sow to the flesh? Death. Decay. So that all of a sudden, Jesus is teaching them this principle of sowing and, and reaping in the spiritual realm. And so just as he taught me when I was about to smash that guy in the face, all of a sudden the Word of God, which is spiritual, the Bible says the Word of God is spirit, my Word is spirit. When the Word of God was placed within my heart, I, started, I, I sowed that seed. You have sowed a seed in your, in your heart. What's well, a small seed or a bunch of seeds or a little bit of seed? Some people here have got a small seed that Jesus is their saviour, that's it. They're happy with that, right? But I don't, don't be happy with that. There's so much more in God. There's so much more in the Word of God. There's so many seeds that you can put into that heart that will delve, delve with, with anger and, and lust and, and pride. All those things that God wants you to change from. There's a Bible verse. There's a Scripture verse. There's a seed in there that you apply with you in your heart and it becomes a spiritual seed in your heart and it will germinate if you... Give it the right environment. Can you see the, what's happening now? Listen to Galatians 6, 7, 9. If you're not sure about what Jesus has done when he's gone up into heaven and said, right now, you, it's your turn to sow. It's your turn to reap. I've given you everything you need. I've gone to heaven. I've given you my word. I've given you the spirit of God. I've given you absolutely everything that you need. You no longer have to say, come on, God, do this, please, because it's in the Bible. If the word is there for what you need to change you, receive it. Take it in your life and go, this is what I claim. This is what's in my heart. And if you keep doing it, you might not see. Listen, I can plant mangoes. This year we missed out, Denise. It's disappointing. Listen, you put a mango tree there, you're not going to get mangoes like the next season. It takes seven years for that thing to grow, right? I'm telling you, some of us, we do what I'm just saying about putting the Word of God in there, but we don't persevere in it, we don't pray about it, we don't meditate on it, we don't allow it to grow and to produce a harvest. You, you know, there are, things that, there are things like plants and that that they spring up like that, right? Tomatoes. Mate, we've got a tomato tree in the backyard. It has everlasting tomatoes. They just keep growing. Like, we're just planting it. Bang, tomatoes. Tomorrow, there's tomatoes. You go out there, there's tomatoes. I said to Denise, mate, we've got to start eating tomatoes. Because if we don't start eating tomatoes, it's like, dude, it's just coming out of everywhere. So I said, ring up Nick, because Nick's doing the, Nick's doing the uh, Vision Sunday barbecue, right? He needs tomatoes. You need tomatoes? tomatoes. Do you? I've got a heap of tomatoes, bro. <laughs> right? But it's like the Word of God, right? There are things in the Word of God that produces quick results. Quick results. You know, I swore like a trooper. Then bang, swearing was gone. Because the Word of God, do not let coarse language come out of your mouth, Louis. That's the scripture, right? And so it produces. But there are things in us that take time to produce righteousness. The Bible says if you sow this word, you know what you reap? Righteousness. Righteousness. 
And so, where were we? Um, Galatians, here we go. 6, 7 to 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will. We will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So many times when you fail, you give up because you think, oh, the Word of God's not working in me. So you get back into that cycle. Come on, God. And God's going, mate, get into the Word. Keep the Word. Persevere in the Word. It's the change agent. You've got to understand this principle of sowing and reaping because it's there for you. Listen to 2 Peter 1, 3, 4 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious, precious promises. Where are the promises? In the word. The word is a promise. The promise is the word. The word is the promise. The promise is the word. Sounds like that guy from Star Wars. All right, those Star Wars fans aren't in that one. Um, his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The Word of God will change your evil desires. It cannot but change it. And I'll just give you three things this morning as we get the band up that you need to do when that seed's planted, when the Word of God is in your heart, you need to cultivate it, right? The first one, meditate on it. Dude, don't let these uh, new agey people steal that word, meditate. It's a biblical word. I meditate on the goodness of God. I meditate on the precepts of the Lord. I meditate and meditate. You read the Word, it just talks about it all the time. I meditate. Meditate is when you just sit there and you chew the Word of God, especially the Word that you want to change your life. If there's something in your life, I can guarantee you, I don't care what it is this morning, if you're a non-Christian, Look at the Bible, it says, for God so loved the world, he'll give you blessing and da-da-da, and Christ will forgive you of your sins. You need that, that's the scripture you hold on to. If you need anger, well, you do the one I just did in, in, there's always, there's something in the word, a scripture that will set you free. And that's the scripture you find. That's the scripture you meditate. That's the scripture you pray every morning. Lord, I just meditate on that. Lord, I will not let my anger come down I'm in the sun and this, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, you're meditating on the Word and then when you meditate on it and you think about what it's saying and you allow it to just, you know, I used to repeat these verses all the time. Repeat, 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 repeat. Every day until I, it was from here to here. When you meditate on it, it goes from your head to your heart. When it gets to your heart, this is the soil. This is 
the soil. The Word of God is the seed. This heart is the soil. You can have as much knowledge as you can up here. When you meditate and you think and you give it time, that Word slowly just moves from your head straight to your heart. And that's when the Holy Spirit, the great cultivator, the Holy Spirit will just start to pour water on that. And the Holy Spirit will remind you of that verse. The Holy Spirit will come and He'll take the verse of Scripture that you're holding on to. And then all of a sudden, from meditating on it, it becomes a prayer. Oh God, I just thank You that Your Word says You'll deliver me from anger. I claim that Scripture. I believe it. And Lord, I know that Your Word does not return back void. It always achieves what God wants it to achieve. And ask you a question. Do you think God wants you to be an angry woman or man? No. So He gives you your word so you can change that attitude, change that behaviour. He gives you the word for that. And He gives you the word because He knows it's no, never going to fail. If you apply it, you meditate on it, you pray it, and the third and last thing, believe it. Just believe it. We live by faith not by works. And you start to confess it with your mouth. Lord, I believe that your word declares that my name is written in the book of heaven. Lord, your word declares that in me there's a joy. Your word declares that I have a sound mind. Your word declares that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's like this. All of a sudden there's a, there's a belief that comes in your heart. And God says, because you know what? There was an old preacher once that said, everything in the Word of God is to be received. You receive. Not work for. Just believing and receiving. Say, Lord, this is what your Bible says. Can you lie? I challenge God like that sometimes when I haven't seen things in my life or I'm praying for somebody else and there's a scripture in there. I'm like Moses because Moses did this all the time. God, you said you are slow to anger and a very compassionate God. And so when the Israelites were messing around, guess what Moses did? And God wanted to wipe them out. And guess what Moses? It's almost like Moses. It's almost like God's got fatigue or something. Because Moses says to him, did you not say that you are a compassionate God? And it's like God's going, I did say that. Eh? It's like, it's nothing. what can I do? I mean, what can God do? He can't lie. He can't take it back. He has to do what he said he was going to do. And so guess what he did? He had compassion on the Israelites and he, and he didn't punish them. And guess what God does to you? Same thing. He has mercy on you because his mercy triumphs over judgment. And so when you fall into sin, when you get into all the sort of thing, and you finally, after your condemnation and you're feeling sorry for yourself, you gravitate towards the Scripture. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose trespasses God will not hold against him. You do that. just And God, guess what God says? Yeah, I did say that, eh? I did say that. And Louis, you are forgiven. Your sins are covered. Your transgressions are forgiven. Now go. Don't do it again. Repent, sucker. Anyway, let's let's stand up this morning. And I wonder this morning, I'm just gonna um just give an opportunity for people this morning. If you if you're here this morning and you know you want you want change, 
in your life or, or even this morning you might not even know Jesus and you want Jesus in your life. You want a lifestyle change big time. I'm just going to close your eyes for a second. I'm going to pray for those. Just, if it's spoken to you, just, just within your heart, for those that want change, you've been a Christian for a while and you're falling, just meditate on what God's saying this morning. And for those that are non-Christians for the first time, I want you to receive in your life the scripture that says, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that if you believe, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the scripture for you. That's the scripture for you to believe this morning. So Father, you know who's here, Lord. You know that, Lord, the chains that some people need. You know the ones that do not know you, who have just confessed, Father, that Jesus is Lord. And Lord, they're asking for forgiveness. We know that that has come into their lives right now. And, and Father, we pray for those that have been Christians for a while, have fallen to, Lord, uh, habits, bad habits, need change. I pray that the scripture would come to their mind even now, Father God. And Lord, we just pray as they as they go this, this week, they'll start meditating and they'll start praying and they'll start believing the Word of God that can change them, Father God. So Lord, this morning, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your love that You have for us. We thank You that You do not give up on us. We thank You that You keep going. And even when we fail and we're unfaithful, You remain faithful. So, Lord, we thank you for that and pray that from this day forth, we will go another level. And, Lord, that we will understand the principle, sowing and reaping. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord this morning.